0: Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. So here's Jesus speaking and the verse says, But Jesus told him, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And my question for you, is that still true? Hey Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible where we consider life and work and our callings and a whole bunch of stuff in light of God's story. And spoiler alert, I think the answer is yes. Right? The whole Bible is a unified story that all points to Jesus. And as we get to our New Testament segment today, my question for you would be Would we follow and be generous disciples if it were not true? I think the way some people get to that or deal with that is just to pretend truth is unknowable or that there is no such thing as absolute truth, which is logical poppycock, but I digress. Luke. Chapter 16. Now he said to the disciples, There was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. So he called the manager in and asked, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you can no longer be my manager. Then the manager said to himself, "Hmm, What will I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do that so that when I'm removed from management, people will welcome me into their homes. So the man summoned each one of his master's debtors, and asked, How much do you owe my master? A hundred measures of olive oil, he said. Take your invoice, he said, and sit down quickly and write fifty. Next he asked another, How much do you owe? A hundred measures of wheat, he said. Take your invoice, he told him, and write down eighty. The master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd than the children of light in dealing with their own people. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. So if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, since he will either hate one and love the other, or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money... Uh, by the way, I always thought that was kind of an interesting line, right? It doesn't say money's wrong. It says they were lovers of money, right? It shows their heart disposition. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money... We're listening to all these things and scoffing at Jesus, and he told them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed, and everyone is urgently invited to enter it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in the law to drop out. Everyone who divorces his wife and remarries another commits adultery, and everyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. There was a rich man, this is Jesus still talking, there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what just fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all of this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here from here to you cannot neither can those from there cross over to us father he said then i beg you to send them to my father's house because i have five brothers to, to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment but abraham said they have moses and the prophets they should listen to them no father abraham he said but but if someone from the dead goes to tell them they will repent but he, Jesus told him if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead well there you go my friends I think uh, well we got enough to get to I'm just going to keep on going I'm going to let the text stand on its own What is consistent with the eternal law of Christ, the eternal character of God, is found in Moses and the prophets. Moses being representative of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. So, like I said, spoiler alert, uh, if Jesus said it's true, well then, uh... (laughs) uh, (laughs) right. For our Old Testament segment, we're kind of today I'm actually going to read both Second Kings and Isaiah because it's telling the same story, one from kind of a narrative history perspective and one from a prophetic perspective. Second Kings chapter 20 continuing the, uh, the story of Hezekiah here. Second Kings 20 In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Isaiah had not yet gone out from the inner court. When the word of the Lord came to him, Go back and tell Hezekiah, The leader of my people, This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, bring a lump of pressed figs so they brought it and applied it to his infected skin and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, "What is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will and that I will go up to the Lord's temple on the third day?" Isaiah said, "This is the sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised. Should the shadow go up 10 steps or go back 10 steps?" Then Hezekiah answered, It's easy for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. No, let the shadow go back ten steps. So the prophet Isaiah called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back the ten steps it had descended on the stairway of Ahaz. At that time, Merodach-Baladon, son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he had heard that he had been sick. Hezekiah listened to the letters and showed the envoys his whole treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and his armory and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah again and asked him, Where did these men come from and what did they say to you? Hezekiah replied, They came from a distant country, from Babylon. Isaiah asked, "'What have they seen in your palace?' Hezekiah answered, "'They have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them.' Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, "'Hear the word of the Lord. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left,' says the Lord." Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not, if there will be peace and security during my lifetime? The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, along with all his might, and how he made the pool and the tunnel and brought water into the city, are written in the historical record of Judas' kings. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and his son Manasseh became king in his place. (laughs) I've just never understood. Oh, well, I don't have to take care of business here because, you know, it doesn't affect me. Notice the pride in showing off all the money and all the stuff. The pride was like, probably like uh i mean that's just we look back i don't know about you i look back on that and go that's one of the dumber things anybody's ever done oh well good thing i've never done anything stupid (laughs) isaiah chapters 38 and 39 which wraps up a really big important part of isaiah we'll talk more about that on monday In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah, by the way, if this is in the Bible twice, that means it's probably more important than some things that aren't. Right? So, yeah, we're going to read kind of the same story. A lot of times with the same words. So there you go. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He said, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I am going to add fifteen years to your life. And I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I'll defend this city. And this is the sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised. I'm going to make the sun's shadow go that goes down on the stairway of Ahaz go back by 10 steps. So the sun's shadow went down, went back 10 steps. It had descended. Did you notice how that was a little different than the other story? Instead of it, it left out the conversation part of that and just talked about what happened probably important but we're not going to get into that right now but I I point that out because here's the thing sometimes this old testament stuff seems really weird and to be fair sometimes it really is (laughs) but just observing just listening and observing is a powerful part of having your heart shaped in a god word direction Because here's something new, a poem by King Hezekiah of Judah after he had been sick and had recovered from his illness. I said, in the prime of my life, I must go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the rest of my years. I said, I will never see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I will not look on humanity any longer with the inhabitants of what is passing away. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent. I have rolled up my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. By nightfall you make an end of me. I thought until the morning. He will break all my bones like a lion. By nightfall you'll make an end of me. I chirp like a swallow or a crane. I moan like a dove My eyes grow too weak looking upward. Lord, I am oppressed. Support me. What can I say? He has spoken to me and he himself has done it. I walk along slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. Lord, by such things people live. And in every one of them my spirit finds life. You have restored me to health and let me live. "'Indeed, it was for my own well-being that I had such intense bitterness. "'But your love has delivered me from the pit of destruction, "'for you have thrown all my sins behind your back. "'For Sheol cannot thank you, death cannot praise you, "'those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. "'The living, only the living can thank you, as I do today.' A father will make his faithfulness known to his children. The Lord is ready to save me. We will play stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a lump of pressed figs and apply it to his infected skin so that he may recover. And Hezekiah had asked, What is the sign that I will go up to the Lord's temple? At that time, Merodach-Baladon, son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that he had been sick and and had recovered. Hezekiah was pleased with the letters, and he showed the envoys his treasure house, the silver, gold, spices, and precious oil, all his armory, and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to the king and asked him, what did these men say? Where did they come from? Hezekiah replied, they came to me from a distant country from Babylon. Isaiah asked, what have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, they've seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of armies. Look, The days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord you have spoken is good, for he thought, There will be peace and security during my lifetime. just came to mind here as we turn back to our wisdom segment proverbs 12 picking up in verse 16 a fool's displeasure is known at once but whoever ignores an insult is sensible whoever speaks the truth declares what is right but a false witness speaks deceit there is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword but the tongue of the wise brings healing it gets us up through verse 18 my friends and I say this just because my heart grieves for some in our church today Jesus said if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets they'll not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead and I think we see that being challenged day in and day out right we start chipping away one of the classic challenges of the slippery slope that ends in destruction is to begin chipping away nobody throws the bible out in whole all at once but they'll start chipping away and going oh well yeah but that thing right there oh that thing right there time my friends hasn't changed what has happened in history now don't confuse us learning something that sheds new light with the fact of reality that something did or didn't happen or did or didn't happen in a particular way. And, yep, to be fair, sometimes archaeology or something has gone, oh, we just learned something that sheds some new light. But God's eternal truth is consistent with his eternal character. And the way he chose to reveal himself to us, the Bible, doesn't have all the answers to everything, just to the most important things. Who's God? Who's God? Who are we, and what should we do about that relationship? And along the way, Jesus affirmed that the Old Testament, including to the point of the verse that we just observed today, that there is sufficient evidence in Moses and prophets like Isaiah. And that's kind of a big deal. If Jesus said, this stuff is true, who am I? to start chipping away at it. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.